Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Jennifer Jones-Lee. You're listening to KFI AM 640 Wake Up Call on demand on the iHeartRadio app. You are halfway to the weekend already. Here's Jennifer Jones-Lee with your Wednesday morning wake-up call. Words to describe this morning's commute. Sucky. Stupid. Dangerous. Unnecessary. And the list goes on and on. Here's my advice. If you have the ability to work from home today, please do it. And I don't mean, oh, let's just, you know, keep each other safe on the roadways. I mean, it sucks to drive in this. So from my house, it took an hour and 20 minutes to get here this morning. It was about, it took me about 30 minutes more than normal. My favorite, though, was this rigmarole on the 210 westbound in Glendora. Where I was getting off, I was surface streeting. I might have been going a little fast and ended up next to a Glendora PD. It was one of those mornings. Thank you if you're driving a Glendora PD SUV this morning for not uh, pulling me over. So it's one of those days. We've got crazy weather that's going to keep staying with us throughout the rest of the morning. I mean, I'm not going to complain, though. I'm not somebody who lost power across California, and there are 300,000 people who did. Strong winds made some people actually have to shelter in place in San Francisco. President Biden promoted his new executive order on gun control at a Boys and Girls Club. And we're going to talk with ABC's Louis Martinez this morning all about that Russian fighter jet that collided with a large U.S. surveillance drone over the Black Sea. What was this exactly? Is this considered a serious incident? And are we going to see some sort of diplomatic protest over the whole thing? We've got a lot to get into with Louie in just a few minutes. But let's start with this storm coverage. We have 300,000 people across California who have lost power as the state's 11th atmospheric river storm dropped more rain and snow. More than a dozen areas along the Salinas, Sacramento and Merced rivers overflowed yesterday. The National Weather Service says at least 90 flood watches, warnings and advisories were in effect across the state. Now, the storm has caused some trees to topple over. There's a big one in Culver City. We've got another big one reported in Sherman Oaks. In San Francisco, you had strong winds force some people to shelter in place. Officials told people inside that Bank of America building to stay in there. Stay safe. They had 80 mile an hour winds in San Francisco. San Francisco Fire Lieutenant Jonathan Baxter says the winds were so strong, a window on a 42nd story building or on a 42nd story shattered. One window did break out of its frame and did fall to the ground and another one is cracked. This is something that is unusual, but we're also experiencing highly unusual weather. 
Forecasters had issued a high wind warning until late last night. PG&E crews responded to more than 155,000 power outages in the Bay Area. Supervisors in San Bernardino County have voted to waive up to $5,000 in review and permit fees for property owners who need to fix or rebuild because of damage caused by the snow. County inspectors have red-tagged 29 homes and other buildings as too damaged to be inhabited and yellow-tagged 27. That allows for limited occupancy. The numbers are expected to grow as assessments continue. The permit waiver is available for each building and will be paid for by $500,000 of a $10 million emergency response fund that the board created on March 1st. Well, President Biden has promoted his new executive order on gun control at a Boys and Girls Club in Monterey Park. The president began with emotional testimony about some of the lives lost in that dance hall shooting in January where 11 people were killed. Then he segued yesterday into the lack of action on the part of Congress to pass stricter gun laws. Enough. Do something. We remember and mourn today, but I'm here with you today to act. The new order also puts pressure on states to ramp up red flag laws. The U.S. Concealed Carry Association says the new order would have done nothing to prevent the recent mass shootings in California and around the country. Steve Gregory, KFI News. ABC's Louis Martinez, welcome back to Wake Up Call. And let's talk about this Russian warplane that hit an American drone over the Black Sea. I just happened to glance down at my phone yesterday and I saw this, you know, breaking news alert come across and I went, oh, no. <laughs> Hopefully it was an ABC News alert, Jen. It um, but was. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I mean, very significant action. The United States highly concerned about it. They called in the Russian ambassador yesterday to the State Department, essentially told him the United, that the United States is concerned about this and told the message to Russia is don't do this. Um, and being taken very seriously here at the Pentagon, we know there's video that's potentially going to be declassified later today um, that will show the pass of this Russian fighter jet getting close to the drone. What was it doing? It was attempting to spray fuel on the drone. I don't know why that's the case, but apparently this is a harassment technique that the Russians have employed in the past. Um, but they did 19 passes in front of this um, unmanned drone that was about 75 miles off the coast of Crimea. And then on the last three or four is when they tried to spray the jet fuel on that last pass. This pilot um, essentially clipped the rear propeller of the drone, disabling it and forcing it to crash into the uh, Black Sea. Um, there's probably going to be some kind of uh, options being looked at for recovery. Uh, but John Kirby, the NSC's top spokesman, said this morning that while they're working through options, it's going to be challenging and it's highly it's possible that the United States may not be able to recover it. At the same time, they're confident that if the Russians do, um, that they're going to glean minimal value from the intelligence equipment or the intelligence that's aboard. You know what it reminds me of when you said that it just sort of clipped the, you know, the back wing of that uh, drone or whatever. Reminds me of a pit maneuver when you watch, you know, the highway patrol try and take down some driver who's, you know, chasing or they're being chased or that kind of thing. Um, and so that seems intentional for these reports to be coming out that uh, it was anything other than that seem highly improbable. Now, U.S. officials are saying that this was likely unintentional, that this was more of an accidental um, action by that Russian pilot. They're calling it actually just flat out dumb is what one official told <laughs> me. Um, you heard reckless behavior. John Kirby saying, um, again, it's just um, um, 
incompetent action by a Russian pilot, and it's probably limited just to that pilot. Um, but remember, there were two of these fighter jets that were carrying out this uh, these actions, this harassment action against the drone. And to be honest, the, the Russians knew what it was because the drone had its transponder activated. So that meant that radar could pick up that there was an object out there. They knew what it was, um, and it was flying in international airspace. 75 miles uh, out is way beyond the 12-mile territorial limit for airspace and for water. Um, the Russian ambassador telling reporters last night, though, that um, there seems to be a difference of opinion as to what constitutes territorial limits uh, since the Russian troops have moved into Ukraine. Um, but I don't think the U.S. is buying it. OK. And when it comes to, um, I guess, from a diplomatic standpoint, is it beneficial to say, all right, you guys just did something dumb, as the case may be? And one of your pilots was harassing ours. Don't do that again. Or is it uh, more important to stand up and say, hey, you guys came after us and now we retaliate? Well, I think what they're doing is they're trying diplomacy here, but they're also using tough talk on uh, tough talk that uh, this is reckless actions. This is something that shouldn't have even happened in the first place. And they're calling out the Russians for this kind of behavior. I mean, this happens all the time, Jen. Um, the Russians come out at you know, either American manned aircraft or unmanned aircraft over the Black Sea, over the Baltic. Um, and what they try to do is harass the, uh, the aircraft. Um, yes, the United States does do that when Russian aircraft get close to Alaska, but you don't see the kind of actions that you saw in this incident, right? Um, and it's, so it's uh, one of those situations where um, there are rules of the road when something like this happens, and this one obviously violated those rules, and so that's why the United States is calling it out. But I think nobody wants to see this escalate any further, um, particularly uh, let's think about what could have happened if this had just not been a clip of the propeller, but if it had been a, f a head-on collision, uh, oh. which could have been very likely as that jet fighter pulled up, and then uh, what would have happened to that pilot, and then we'd be talking about a totally different scenario. All right. Thank you so much, Louis. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jen. See ya. ABC's Louis Martinez. And that that's when I said that I, I saw the alert and I went, oh, no. That's exactly what I thought. Oh, how does this get parsed between the United States media and Russian media? And what do, what is Putin going to tell his people? Well, sure, it's going to be victorious and we took this down and they were in our airspace and that kind of a thing. And how do we uh, gently have tough talk without sounding uh, like we're not going to take action? You know, I mean, there's there's a very fine line about how you're going to get on somebody, I guess, or, or punish them without crossing a line into a full-blown war. So we'll see. I mean, obviously, I don't know the inner workings of just, um, you know, how serious this type of event is or what this constitutes behind the scenes as far as action goes. But it'll be I'm kind of interested to see just because, you know, you've got to think about the the heightened alert on which we the world is with Russia right now. So any little misstep by the Russians is going to be seen as necessarily provocation, but that's just going to ramp up just a little bit. The tensions as though it couldn't get any higher. The Orange County Board of Supervisors has banned TikTok for government employees on the job. The board approved a proposal last night to ban the popular social media app to ensure the safety and security of country data. The ban applies or county data. The ban applies to county owned equipment. Critics of TikTok say they're concerned how much access the company based in China has 
to users' information and data. A woman accused of leaving her newborn baby in a trash can at a gas station in Fullerton has been charged with attempted murder, child abuse, and child endangerment. The baby was an hour old when it was found last week and taken to the hospital. Vanessa Maldonado was arrested the next day. Police say these, there are safe surrender baby laws in California. Good morning to KFI's tech reporter, Rich DeMero. You can listen to him, Rich on Tech, Saturdays from 11 to 2 here on KFI. Follow him on social media at Rich on Tech, his website, richontech.tv. And of course, catch him on KTLA. Rich, good morning. Hey, good morning to you, Jennifer. All right. So let's start with now our email getting this fresh injection of AI. How so? Uh, We have heard so much about AI working its way into pretty much every product we can imagine. It's kind of like when everything started getting connected to the Internet. Now we're seeing everything get AI. And Google is kind of been the sleeper here because uh, Bing has really taken a lead. So is ChatGPT and all these other companies. But Google has kind of been staying back and waiting a little bit, but not anymore. Gmail and Google Docs getting a fresh infusion of AI. So now uh, we've seen the autocomplete in Gmail. That's nothing compared to what it will be able to do very soon. You can say things like, write me an email for my, you know, a welcome letter to a new employee. And it will just, boom, it will write the whole thing for you. And then you can change it, modify it. Uh, Basically, this is giving folks a way to make a first draft of pretty much anything in Gmail or in Google Docs. It is rolling out this month to more and more users. So be on the lookout for it. I And I like this only because it seems like a time saver. It is a time saver. But the reality is, Jennifer, we will never have to write a first draft in the future. That's yeah, just the bottom line. You need to sell a car. You need to write a contract. You need to do anything you need to do. Write a letter to work. It will always have a first draft for you that is written by AI. You can go in there and tweak the details, make sure everything's to your liking. All right. I, I do kind of like that. I But I'm always looking for shortcuts. Because I try and cram way too much stuff into a day. And so I guess that's why I like it. But from the actual, like, all right, I should sit down and do the work myself, you know, standpoint. I guess if I was a parent, I would be cringing right now. Exactly. I think that's really the, I mean, look, it has so many implications in so many ways. But you have to think back. There was a time when we used to remember phone numbers in our head or in an address book. And that's just not the case anymore. We used to remember facts. That's not the case. We used to know how to do math. That's not the case. We rely on these systems for everything now because they're an extension of our brain. We were having, I don't know who I was having this conversation with uh, or why I should say why it came up. But for whatever reason, I remember my sixth grade boyfriend's phone number to this day. Oh, wow. And and, well, here's the best part. (laughs) So it was like it was over the summer. And so a friend of mine was like, oh, my gosh, I wonder if his parents still live there. We called his parents answered. And I was like, <laughs> That's the this is the dumbest thing. But I'm like, do you remember me from elementary school? It was funny. It was That's, very funny. I was trying to remember my phone number from when I was a kid. And I still remember it. I could still remember it very clearly. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know mine's out. But I remember it was 5473651. I know that's not it anymore. But in uh, the people who live in that house don't have yeah. to worry about it. But, yeah, it's it's crazy now. And if somebody asked me, like, what's Tyler's phone number or what's your phone number? I have no idea. I don't know what area code you guys are in, to be perfectly honest. I tell my kids, just remember one, at least one or two phone numbers. Just commit those to memory, because if you're ever in emergency, you need to call mom or dad. But that's it. Other than that, you really don't need much no, more. Just, you're right. Just remember two. OK, how about this? Stadiums that are keeping track of your face. Sometimes people love the idea of your face being your ticket. Other people say, what could go wrong? 
Yeah, and I think that's the reality of this story from Slate. They kind of took a look at all the different stadiums nationwide that are using facial recognition. They counted at least 20. Do you remember the story with the woman in New York City that was trying to attend the uh, the kids' uh, event, you know, f- event for her kid, and she was, like, banned by Oh, right, NSG? right. Yeah. So that kind of stuff is happening across the nation. Uh, in our area, uh, Pachanga uses Pachanga Arena in San Diego. They have facial recognition for entry scanning and payment. BMO Stadium uh, near USC, the, the soccer stadium, they use facial recognition for uh, basically their teams and people working there for entering the training facilities. And then the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, I don't know if you remember this one, but they used uh, facial recognition to catch that Taylor Swift stalker back in the day. This was like oh, in 2020. Oh, yeah, or, I do remember that yeah. now. And so, you know, all these stadiums are starting to use this stuff. It's just something to be aware of uh, because they're using it to not only get you in the stadium, but also to verify payment and also filter people out of the stadium. So if you're banned... You know, you try to walk in. They're like, no, no, no. Come over here. Get out of here. Yeah, exactly. You are on the do not attend list or whatever instead of a do not fly list. You got to do a lot to get on that list. (laughs) Have you ever gone to a concert with me? Uh, No, You don't have to do that much. You you may be overly enthusiastic, but you're not like, you know. I'm not wild. I've never been kicked out of a concert. All right. Okay. How was this ride, this lucid air? Uh, incredible. So Lucid is a new luxurious car company. They've been around for a bit, but uh, I test drove the Lucid Air Touring Edition, and this is kind of uh, an EV. Well, it is an EV, but their their deal is that it's more luxurious, more fuel efficient, or I should say energy efficient, and it goes further than most other EVs. So this EV has a range of 425 miles, which is pretty good. Uh, goes zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds, 620 horsepower, but it's $107,000, Jennifer. Yeah, that Ooh. would keep me from that luxury. Yeah. No matter okay. how much I wanted it. This is this is a very expensive car. So what they're trying to do, they're not trying to get folks from Tesla. They're trying to get folks from BMW, Mercedes, Porsche, all these other companies that make luxurious uh, gas vehicles. They're trying to say, look, you can come over to an EV, get that same level of luxury and not give anything up. But you're also helping the planet. Of course, they have cheaper cars in the future, but it's going to take a long time. Um, and they also have an SUV coming out. But you got to watch the video on my Instagram at Rich on Tech 0 to 60 in 3.4 seconds. Jennifer, I don't know if you've ever done that. No, Ooh, it was wild. When OK, when it comes to, though, the helping the planet thing, I want to know how many I don't know if it's going to be celebrities or just bazillionaires, whatever. How many of them will want to buy one of these just so they can tout that? Oh, yes, I bought one. And then also they'll have some, you know, gas guzzler on the side. Well, yeah, I mean, it, look, uh, here's the here's the reality. I think that this is a, a good thing. And if you can get people from a Mercedes or, a, you know, a BMW, that's going to get a luxury like an S-Class kind of car. And you can say, look, this is a really nice car. It does great things for the environment. You live in California. It's very easy to charge these things. You're going to spend the same amount of money. Why not get something new? Um, the other thing I thought was kind of ironic, Jennifer, the biggest investor in this company. OK, you ready for this? Yeah. Saudi Arabia. Oil Saudi Arabia. Yes. Okay. percent of this company. So I said, because I asked huh. them, I said, how, you know, how are you going to be around for the next five years? And they said, well, our biggest investor is the Saudi Arabia, like a uh, public investment fund. I said, wait, what? Don't you see the irony? In right. This, this electric car company is the biggest investor, is the biggest oil, you know, area in the world. And they said, well, even they need to diversify. 
they need to diver- diversify, but also then you wonder what, okay, what's what's in it for them in the sense of, all right, why does this make them look good? Will yeah. it like help some quota that Saudi Arabia needs to show that it's, you know, being environmentally conscious? Oh, I don't know. Oh, now my reporter hat is on, Rich. Right. But- I know it, it threw me for a loop, but at the end of the day, this is a California company. The cars are made in Arizona. The cars are very nice. Um, it's just one of those things. It's an uphill battle because every other luxury car company, the traditional ones, are also making now luxury EVs. So I want to see them succeed. You know, but it's sure. going to be tough. Yeah, absolutely. Rich, thank you as always. Rich on Tech is where you can find that video of him. That's his Instagram on social media, everywhere on social media. Always you can watch him on KTLA, but the best place to listen to him is 11 to 2 Saturdays right here on KFI. Thank you, Rich. All right, Jennifer. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Bye. Some of the stories we're watching include the governor expanding California's storm state of emergency to three more counties. That includes Orange County now. One thing also, supervisors in San Bernardino County have voted to waive up to $5,000 in review and permit fees for everybody who needed to fix or rebuild because of the damage that was caused by the snow. And also, if you don't have flooding in your area right now, which I think is highly unlikely because I felt like everywhere I drove through this morning had flooded out areas in it. But the storm has caused some trees to topple over a large ones down in Culver City. There's another one that was reported in Sherman Oaks. And this rain is expected to stay with us through the morning and probably be heaviest right now during your morning commute. So. Listen up for Nick Pagliocchini. He's got lots of updates for you throughout the morning. And if there are any more weather advisories to let you in on, I will bring them to you. But right now it's CNBC's Jane Wells. Follow her on social media at Jane Wells. Good morning, Jane. How'd it go uh, when you were filming in for John and Ken last week? I'm sorry I was sick. Uh, oh, I'm sorry you were sick. I, I had a blast, as I always do. You know, I, and it was great to come there and see everybody in person. I'm telling you, this rain, though, between the rain and California bank failures and tech layoffs, I think God is finally punishing us. I think so, for all that we have done over the <laughs> lifetime of this world. All right, so let's start with actually uh, looking at the futures this morning. So th- right now, the Dow futures are down 564. What's going on now this yeah. morning? Well, we've got some, and then we've got some interesting breaking news on top of that. So the market had a great day yesterday because it looked like these regional banks, everything was going to be okay, and the government's backing everything up. But then this morning, a Swiss investment bank, Credit Suisse, it's tanking. It has problems. It may not get enough funding to remain a going concern right now, Credit Suisse. And so that's sending new ripples through the financial sector and the Dow. Yeah, as you said, the futures are down over 500 points. Um, but we just got some interesting news on inflation, which one reason why uh, Silicon Valley Bank and some of these regional banks had problems like Signature, maybe because rates were going up so hot, fast and so high because the Fed is trying to stop inflation that it made them uh, have difficulties financially. Uh, wholesale prices slightly in February, and retail sales fell in February. So consumers are starting to pull back maybe a little bit, and this is exactly what the Fed wanted. Uh, so this maybe will bring down prices, bring down inflation if people stop shopping as much, and that increases the probability that next week when the Fed meets, it will only raise rates 
a quarter percent or maybe not at all. And the market will like that if that happens. Okay, so this could be then sort of a perfect storm in addition to then those two reports that you're talking about. Also, though, then the fall of those two banks and everybody getting nervous and everything. So that could then result in possibly nothing happening. That is true because, um, you know, Jay Powell, the chairman of the Fed, wanted more than anything to bring inflation down. It's supposed to be a 2%. It's now down to 6%, which is still high, but it is slowing and coming down. And, you know, the fear was that the Fed was going to break some things in its effort to raise rates so high so fast. And nobody thought, I think, that the thing they were going to break were some banks. But that's what happens. And so the Fed now has this this these other things it has to consider, like if it keeps raising rates to bring down inflation, it's going to create more problems and lack of confidence in banking. And it's going to have to provide more money for the banking sector to stay afloat. Of course, the FDIC is going to have to protect everybody's deposits, no matter what they are, at least at these two banks, Signature and Silicon Valley Bank. So it, they have to walk a tightrope right now. And the thinking on Wall Street now is maybe it's going to be a quarter point or nothing at all. And just a week ago, Powell was telling Congress, oh, I'm probably going to raise it a half a point. Right. That's before all this happened. And that shows, too, the flexibility. I think that a lot of us look at this and we think that it's a foregone conclusion, maybe what number they are going to uh, increase or, 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 you know, raise the rate to. But maybe not so much. Maybe this is proof that it, it they can be flexible with the way that reports come out and things. Right. And there's probably going to be some changes. You know, after 2008, all these rules came in for banks that they had to have enough, you know, cash on hand, if you will, so that they were in a stronger position if a lot of people wanted to withdraw their money. But regional banks, smaller to mid-sized banks, managed to wiggle out of some of those rules under the, during the Trump administration. They, if they only had, you had to have $250 billion in assets to be subjected to these really strict rules. And banks like Silicon Valley Bank and, and Signature were under that, so they weren't subject to the same rules. And what happened is then they got them in a lot of got them in a lot got themselves in trouble. I mean, the bottom line is just basic lesson uh, banks 101. When you put your money in the bank, it doesn't stay in the bank. Right. The bank uses takes that money and right. they invest it. So then, if everybody wants their money back at once, well, the bank doesn't have it, and it starts to start selling some things to get it. And Silicon Valley Bank had to start selling bonds that were uh, that it, were at a loss. To meet everybody's demands because tech it was a tech bank and tech is te- is having a terrible year startups having a terrible year and more of its customers were taking money out than putting money in and you see what happened all right before i let you go you got to explain to me he's probably one of the most recognizable men in the world so to think <laughs> that shaquille o'neal is hiding anywhere it makes me giggle well, yeah, Forbes is reporting that he may be hiding out in his house to avoid being served uh, in an, a lawsuit filed by a guy who claims he put money into FTX, that crypto exchange, and lost it because of celebrity endorsements like Shaq. I mean, this guy wants to have a class action lawsuit. He served Tom Brady and Giselle Bunch and Larry David and Steph Curry, but they've tried repeatedly over weeks, they say, to serve Shaq, and, and they've been unsuccessful. But Shaq, I just saw him on social media. He was in Kansas City last weekend. He's going to be on TNT for the NBA March 28th. 
So, I mean, if you know where to find them, you'll find them. Absolutely. And real fast before you go, Dollar Tree is ditching what? Yes. So, is it? Is it? yeah, Dollar Tree says it can't afford to sell eggs anymore at a profit. So they're not selling eggs maybe until the fall, even though it's Easter and eggs are big right now. But, yeah. yeah. That's the way it goes. All right. That's exactly what I was thinking. Jane, thank you as always. At Jane Wells is where you can follow her on social media. And I guess we won't talk to you for a few weeks. Have a wonderful trip. Travel safely. And I can't wait to hear all about it. Thank you, Jen. Take care. All right. Talk to you soon. CNBC's Jane Wells. Trying to make it light for you guys. If you are out there driving around this morning, my heart goes out to you because my stomach was where I think my heart should be for about an hour and 20 minutes this morning on that freaking wild ride on the 210 to the 134 in here from the IE into Burbank. I, oh, if you don't have to do it, look at that, I'm speechless. I don't even know what to say. Just stay the heck off the roads. Nick Pagliocchini, though, will help you get there this morning if you do have to drive. But if you can stay out of this morning commute, please do it because there is standing water everywhere. We've had a number of crashes that, you know, the worst part is, is you're looking down at your phone and you're like, oh, gosh, I've got this crash coming up. And then you're trying to listen to the radio and you're like, "Okay, but Nick's going to get me there. That's the good part. Don't look down at your phone. Stupidest thing you can do, because then you hit your brakes You're on the freeway. Do not hit your brakes in the rain on the freeway, says the girl who was driving behind a guy who kept hitting his brakes on the freeway. (sighs) Jim Ryan, good morning to you. Morning. Nice down here. Yeah, sure. Rub it in. Uh huh. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about this. I think we all like to think anyway that we are smart enough that we will not fall prey to some Internet scam. But I mean, the bottom line is. These are so sophisticated, it's very easy to. Yeah, and it's not a matter of smarts at all. It's a matter of somebody being very wily, being very uh, resourceful, and finding a way to rip everybody off. And they're doing it to the tune of about $10 billion, according to the FBI. That was last year. But it's, it's probably, that's that's the, the amount in, uh, the $10 billion is the amount that in complaints, right? Uh, but it's undoubtedly much, much higher than that because a lot of businesses won't report when they've been ripped off. A lot of individuals won't report it because it's embarrassing, you know? Yes. It's embarrassing to a business or to an individual. So these numbers are are as staggering as $10 billion is. It's probably much higher than that, Jen. Well, right. And it's the embarrassment factor that I think that I would at first be like, oh, I'm not going to tell anybody that I just lost 100 bucks to this scam or something like that. I'll just eat it and close my eyes and never fall prey to that again. But maybe in some cases, 100 bucks, you know, we should all be so lucky that that's all you lost. Oh, absolutely. Right. And let's say somebody here's a here's a good uh, example. Okay, Jennifer, somebody comes to you and says, hey, um, I'm going to help you invest in cryptocurrency. I know all about cryptocurrency and and I can get you into the cryptocurrency market. And it's like the old Ponzi scheme, right? It, It could be. Could be widgets, could be IBM stock, could be anything. That's, right. It happens to be cryptocurrency. So you give the guy a thousand dollars, and he holds on to it, and then maybe he'll pay you back a little bit, make it look like a return on your investment. You like, man, I, I made some money, so you dump in more money, another thousand or so, ten thousand maybe, to invest in cryptocurrency because you have kind of a vague idea about cryptocurrency and investing. And the next thing you know, this person just vanishes with all of your money. This cryptocurrency investment fraud rose from nine hundred. This listen to this number. $907 million in 2021. That's a huge amount. 
Yeah, it was two and a half billion last year. Whoa. An increase of 183%. That's strictly cryptocurrency investment fraud. You know, too, it, this sounds like the very sophisticated new version of the bait and switch where you do actually make just a little bit of money. So yeah. you, you feel com- uh, comfortable then. Like, oh, hey, look, I did get a return on my investment. Sure. Well, that's that's the oldest trick that these scammers use, whether it's now or or back in the day when they had to communicate by the snail mail. You know, right. yeah, here's here's a, a little return on your investment of a thousand dollars, a couple hundred bucks. And you're like that builds confidence. And you so you send more and more and more. And eventually if uh, the whole thing collapses and, and people run off with all the money from all of their investors, because chances are you're not the only one who's being scammed like this. It's a lot of folks building into this big pyramid. Okay, so I was seeing in this one story that I read, there was a ransomware called Hive, and yes. it was used in 87 attacks last year, and that the FBI was able to seize, I guess, the Hive operative's computer infrastructure. But I, is that just the start, though? 87, I would think that there are probably a bazillion more than that. Well, sure, but that that may offer some insights to the FBI into how this thing operates, into mm-hmm. any other victims that might be out there, and and how other uh, ransomware operations go. So it, it it could offer a lot of uh, of clues into the entire dark world of uh, internet ripoffs. Yeah, Hive. It's a it's a appropriate name, I think. But yes. uh, because boy, it's like kicking a hornet's nest if you get into something like this. But yeah. Yeah, they had extorted $100 million specifically from hospitals and schools and other kind of institutions, not just here, but abroad. All right. Thank you so much, Jim. Right. I, you Be know, careful. anytime we t- Yeah, exactly. Be careful out there. And I mean, that includes all of us. You just, yeah. you just never know. Nope. All Be right. Careful. Thank you. See you later. See you, Jim. It's so true. I mean, think about, uh, I know, how many times have you been on, this just happened to me on Facebook. I don't know, a couple weeks ago. And I was friends with somebody, but you know, one of those friend suggestion hoot nannies pops up. And you go, wait, aren't I friends with, you know, Sam Smith? And then you click on it again. And then they say, hey, do you know Sam Smith? Because this might be fraud because we have an account that's similar to this one or that goes by the same name as this one. And I thought, oh, but if I if I had not had that prompt, I may have very well thought, oh, maybe they deactivated their account or they got hacked and now they're just coming back. It's just it's you know what I, I guess what it is, is we get in this routine and sometimes we don't think about even the simplest little ways for somebody to hack into something or get a little piece of malware on whatever our device happens to be. It's just so easy because we are trying to cram, you know, five pounds of whatever into a one pound sack and you just get caught up sometimes. And I just think that even though I like to think that I'm smart enough to not see these and I report them on them all the time and that kind of thing, if something was sophisticated enough, I think we all could fall prey to it. Well, California has taken a big step towards women making the same as men. First partner Jennifer Siebel Newsom says Los Angeles, Long Beach, and San Diego are among the first group of cities in California to sign a pledge supporting equal pay for women. 
She said yesterday, closing the pay gap for mothers and women of color may seem daunting, but California is up to the challenge. 111 companies have also signed the pledge, which Newsom says sends a clear message to employees, customers, and constituents that women are valued and women's labor is as valuable as men's. In 2020, women in California made a median salary 90% of what a man makes for the same work. Amy King, KFI News. Two Marine veterans are getting a post office in Yorba Linda named after them in honor of their ultimate sacrifice. Congresswoman Young Kim says Sergeant Major Robert Cottle and Lance Corporal Rick Santani were both killed by a bomb in Afghanistan in 2021. To let them know that their service have not been in vain, we will be able to help Yorba Linda residents of all ages and future generations uh, remember their names and their stories. Santani's family says it was his dream to join his dad on the Santa Ana Police Force. Cottle was a leader of the LAPD SWAT team. Friday, the post office name will officially be the Cottle Santani Post Office Building. Um, from the, do we really need this file? Coors Light. That was, man, that was my beer of choice back in the day. Ooh, doggies. You know, you go to, out to a nice dinner with somebody, it'd be like a first date. He wants to order a nice bottle of wine. Says, oh, is this, you know, red fine with you? I'm good. I'll just have a Coors Light. Classy is the way I kept it. Coors Light has created popsicles in honor of the NCAA tournament. Yes, Coors Light. Who needs a beer-flavored popsicle? Well, the first four rounds of the game start today. And the beer company says these Coors-sickles, Coorsicles, taste like you've cracked open an ice-cold beer. But without the buzz. The limited edition non-alcoholic frozen treats can be found in freezers at more than 800 bars in the U.S. from now until March Madness ends. Apparently, while everyone is screaming their lungs out over the game, the Coorsicles, 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 are there to provide some chill. Tyler, you being a sports fan, did you ever need one of these in your life? Um, You know... I probably would have tried one at like a baseball game. If it was hot outside, right? Yeah, if I needed something to cool down. Are they, did you mention if they were alcoholic or are they not? No, they're non alcoholic. Yeah, no thanks. Oh. Unless they're boozy, why? You know? <laughs> Never been on board with the non alcoholic beer. Just give me a Coke. I'm, I'm telling you now, as a connoisseur of them, they taste so much the same. Although, but then you just get like these empty calories and you get the yeah, beer the bloat blow effect. and the burps and it's not, it's, there's hard nothing. Pass. It's going to be a hard pass. It's KFI and KOST HD2, Los Angeles, Orange County. Your SoCal weather from KFI. We've got a rainy, rainy morning and it looks like this rain will taper off as the day goes on. Temperatures, though, still very warm. Highs are just going to be in the mid 50s to the mid 60s. But we do have flood watches all over Southern California, as well as some gusty wind advisories. And then it looks like, though, by tomorrow, things should taper off. We do have another chance of storms, though, coming in on Friday. We lead local live from the KFI 24-hour newsroom. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. This has been your wake-up call. You've been listening to your wake-up call with me, Jennifer Jones-Lee. And you can always hear wake-up call 5 to 6 a.m. Monday through Friday at KFI AM 640 and anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.